Hey guys, welcome back. It's uh, Brett, and we're doing another podcast-style Small Council Radio episode. And today, I'm joined by someone near and dear to my heart. Um, he has actually become one of my favorite in the overseas community because he's such a good sport, and he's really good at the game. So uh, say hi and introduce yourself, Jacob. Yeah. I'm Jacob. That's Jacob Geis, um, uh, UK-based player who's... Just having fun beating people with three folk. Um, probably killed myself there. Uh, yeah, so I played on TTS a lot, playing a lot of uh, Martells, Starks, Lannisters, and in person um, three folk, trying to find a way to play them that works for everyone. Been a lot of fun recently. Played some Mag, played some, what was it? Uh, Tormund Commander, the last one. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, Jacob's going to be a little bit humble, so I'll sing his praises for him. Um, if you were to take top 10 worldwide players, um, I think you're definitely putting Jacob's name in the hat. Um, Jacob has climbed up into the... I think Michael pretty well owns the top spot, but he's been well above 2,000 ELO uh, multiple times, and he's managed to do this You know, typically not playing Free Folk. Um, I think he plays Free Folk in person at major events. On TTS, for the most part, he's playing Starks, Lannisters, and some of these other goofy things. So I won't let him be humble. He, in my opinion, is uh, he's up there with guys like Michael, Mickey. Very, very, very strong players. So it's great to have a chat with you. So today we are actually going to be talking about Starks. Um, I think Starks initially started off as a very strange identity the identity was initially at the launch of 2021 was supposed to be get stronger as you die be be great on your last ranks it just didn't didn't really translate to good success for starks the cards did too much damage they were hardly worth playing northern ferocity or winner's might um they essentially became a tank faction because of mormont vets with hardened and Eddard's Warden NCU was five points at the time, and he was able to kind of keep them on that verge of, you know, being alive and being almost dead with the with the hardened. And that was what they did. They had to play the mission. Would you would you agree with that at the onset of 2021? Well, absolutely, 100 uh, percent It was all about the the five point NCU. Um as Brett said, you could just about um Take some damage so that your cards actually do anything, but also not die. Mormont vets are quite nice with that. I was playing a lot of berserkers, I think, which was an experience. Um, just I think, yeah. So the way that, but obviously, um, so that was four point Tycho and five point Eddard. You had a lot of healing for like the first two rounds, and then it all runs out. So the point that so the way Starks worked when actually trying to win with them was you had about like a round and a half of you can't die and you do lots of cool things, and if you don't win the game in that time you just lose, because all the healing runs out, and your units aren't any good, and your cards aren't any good. Um, and interestingly, I think that's still what Starks are doing, roughly, is you've got like a round in which to win, or you just lose. Yeah, I agree. And then you fast forward to the Season 1 update, they obviously reworked the deck, and I think one of the kind of sleeper things that they did, it, it was really subtle, but the buff to Arya to, to have two tokens was actually... <laughs> massive in my opinion and uh, then they took Eddard up to six points um, as along with Tycho up to five it, it seemed like kind of an assault on on healing as they adjusted the meta but now you're looking at Starks their cards don't have to do damage and then they turned Northern Ferocity into a basically a miniature there to, there's too many 
if it's played on a dire wolf it's uh in my opinion it's their strongest card it's the one that you've got to leverage and make something happen with it but things can still go very wrong for starks uh to get to the eight activation mark you're almost obligated to take uh dire wolves and while they're very strong they they have their own issues in the meta they're they they end up being easy to kill with things that are prominent in the meta right now so how how do you view starks right now my my take on them is me personally it's all about wolves for me um getting i i run rob with nine activations and Mm -hmm. even when i run the eight activation list the wolves are absolutely the damage dealer um they've got to get in there and you've got to do something with the dire wolves if you play the dire wolves wrong it's game over but that's the way that i play them i know you like eddard so tell 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 me i do like eddard a lot yeah, tell me, um, tell me what, tell me what Starks look like for you. How is how is Jacob playing Starks and doing pretty darn well in competitive tournaments with them? Yeah, so I think you touched on the most important point, which was Arya. Um, Arya is the best component in the faction by far. She's just broken. Um, that's how you win the game, and also how you don't lose the game. Like it's two, it's two situations where I'm in a bit of a not great situation. Okay, now I'm in an amazing position because I get to do literally any move I want for free. Um, that is how you win. That's the bit you need to look at, right? This is when you when you think about a list, you want to have something in it that doesn't feel fair, and Aria doesn't feel fair. That is the bit that's winning you the game. Um, I do play a lot of Eddard. I play it at, at nine activations with um, two dogs. You have to take like stomp and mercenaries, and you play hidden traps. And it's basically like free folk, except not nearly as good. Um, <laughs> but I think it's the same as what I said before. So uh, Eddard has Spirit for the Fallen. Great John has. Um, the berserker tactics and overrun, and you've got to do something with with like a tempo. So you have you have um, like the Northern Frosty card to kill things. You have these commander cards to kill things. And if they don't do that and win you the game by like halfway through round three, you lose because you have no he- uh, sustain or healing or cards that do anything at that point. Um, and that's the or Aria, right? Aria can take you to that position where you can absolutely just leverage a small advantage in one place and suddenly you, you win the game with it and that's what you have to do um i don't know why brett insists on playing rob all the time he's just bad but uh so rob, <laughs> not brett. um yeah um but i mean it's, it, I, activations are good but rob's cards don't do anything yeah rob's cards yeah. his card set is pretty terrible i um i typically take a three uh combat unit three wolf I don't even call wolves really a combat unit. And then it's three NCUs. Um, I've tinkered around with several different variations of it. It's it's a little bit of stubbornness, I think. Um, I've I just generally take a commander that I like and I stick to it. Um, a lot of times it doesn't even matter if they're bad necessarily. Um, so for Night's Watch, um, the Jon Snow groupie. I think I would play Jon Snow if he was trash. Um, for Starks, I've always liked Rob, so I lean into Rob, and then uh, even over to Lannisters, I've always played Tyrion, so I lean into him. Tyrion just happens to be pretty good right now. So, um, with that said, I think the Rob list that I run works because of Arya, as you mentioned. She's she's the key piece. She's she's the component. If you take her and you don't leverage her, you don't play her properly, um, you'll lose the game. Uh, she. She can be an emergency get-out-of-jail-free card um, if you're charged by Sworn Brothers or something and they've got the Relentless to attack you back. Arya can get you out of that jam. 
um, or she can push your unit into position. So the, the current iteration of Rob that I'm running entirely hinges on a unit of cutthroats with Brandon Hodor. Um, I've got nine activations. So particularly if you go first in round one, if you're not very mindful of how you activate your units and you activate the side that Brandon Hodor is on, so I can go in with no response, uh, the cutthroats right, with yep. Bran are going to destroy you. So um, that's all made possible by Arya. So. Yeah, absolutely. I do it with Eddard, and his period for the Fallen is insane, but it's, it's exactly the same idea. You look for yeah. the little opportunity to win you the game, and then you, you either make it or you lose. Um, I, I, I was just going to say, I'm going to have to try Eddard. Uh, I, I've known it for a while, but um, even more even more persuasion for you from you. I mean, I'm going to have to give him a try. I haven't even used him. Yeah. Never I, once. It, it, <laughs> it allows you to play... Um, Rally cry and not feel bad about it. Like everyone right. put glory seekers in their list, and they're mm. awful because glory seekers are bad. Um, hot take. Um, but with Eddard, you're not paying for it, so it's good. And then you can do the same thing. And rally cry is just such a fun ability to do. You feel like you're getting extra all the time. It's like I'm doing something I want to do. I want to get a little extra anyway. And it always works. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it doesn't think... hurt. Doesn't hurt that he attacks for free if you attack That's him or people. another unit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And yeah, oh yes, exactly. And you can attack, and you can charge, which is just just an insane card. Um, so that's mainly why I like I play a lot of Medard, and I think it's really fun. Um, and the six point on a guard need to be mentioned a lot. They're just a good unit. Um, you don't really want to be attacking them, but also you have to attack them because if you don't you attack something else, then they're going to do whatever they want to do and win the game. Um, it's kind of it's kind of like the, it's the, it's the whole activation style, right? You put your opponent in a position where nothing they can do is good. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And Starks are just eight. That's what, and then as soon as there's, there's like one mistake is made or just one, they just haven't got a choice. Are we straight up in there? Do whatever you need to do and win the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I've actually seen you. I, I, you played Bob at his peak. Um, uh, at his peak of of you know uh, season, I think it was twenty twenty one season one. But he had just come off. He won quite a few things with Night's Watch in twenty twenty one, and he was kind of in really nice form. And uh, he took his Ranger Hunters and charged something and retreated out. And your Honor Guard were like eleven inches away from from the unit, and you played Fury for the Fallen anyway, just to make sure that you got an auto in charge. And it's little subtle plays like that are are how you get that leverage and take advantage of Eddard, right? Because what's the harm? If you fail the charge, yeah. you're closer anyway. So um, I, I tend to not play Sansa, which means it's actually a really valuable resource. You only have two of them. And that's still actually a decision I'm not sure about whether Sansa or Baelish is better. Um, mm-hmm. But I actually think if you have your Sansa on the list and you can just push it back anyway, absolutely. You can, yeah. Like between Arya and be able to do you can just, you get a unit and go wherever it wants. And they'll find something to kill and heal yeah. while doing it and all of that. Yeah. And then you win the end. Yeah. So another unit, another unit that you mentioned that you use in your Eddard list, I think we'll just transition into talking about them. I think for the most part, our listeners, if you're listening to a Stark episode, then you already play Stark. So you've already got some ideas of things that work. Uh, you mentioned Cranach trackers, so let's take a second and talk about them because I, I'm, pun intended, I'm tracking you on the Cranachman trackers. I think they're a fantastic unit. Um, I think Stark players need to be taking them. They need to be experimenting with them. Um, they have kind of a glass cannon nature, but I think you and I can both attest to the fact that they they actually end up being more shifty and harder to kill than than what people think. So. 
let's 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 get let's give a little bit of a talk on them. How are you using them, and uh, why do you find them so good? Um. So all of this comes from being a FIFA player and having trackers, which are basically cheaper trackers, diet trackers, 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 well, that's more difficult to say than I thought. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it's very much like hidden trackers is what they're there to do um, and not get one shot by John Swan Brothers with Corrin, <laughs> which, yeah, it's like hidden traps is very, very good. Um, and again, it helps, it ties into this idea that you, you have to play for the tempo and win the game because everything else has like two two less units. Yeah, everything's on twelve wounds, ten wounds instead of twelve. At which point you can kill it a lot easier. Um, yeah. So basically, in the the list that I play, it's the job of the track is, is to get attacked, not die, uh, retreat away, and then still exist. Right? It's still an activation. They can shoot some things. Um, their range profile is nice. Like short range, high activation is is quite good. Um, it's bit yeah. So. When you get to nine activations, you need things, you need units that you don't mind if they, like, at some point you just have to say, I activate a unit and do nothing. And you can do that with characters, because they're not there to just attack things, really, they're there to have hidden traps. And that's one reason why you, you see uh, trackers and trappers in high activation lists. And again, it's just like, if it's not, you're, you're running out of space, you, you see a lot of um, people who are not so experienced with high activations just falling over themselves, I've doing it for a long time. Because you're blocking, you're blocking yourself, and suddenly everything falls apart, and you get beaten by Flame Man because it's really hard to beat Flame Man. Um, and it's usually people can just sort of accept the treat a long way away, and you don't really have to care about it being in the combat because that's not its job. Um, it's difficult to describe, but they're there to just <laughs> like. There's not much. It's not much investment. They don't need to do something to be good. Like most of the time, they're going to be pretty fine, and that's what they're there to be. Like end of the winning of the game, they don't need to. Pretty much. Yeah. I agree with you on that, and uh, obviously, most people are well aware, you know, playing free folks, how good hidden traps are. So, um, you know, just looking at the Cranogs as a profile, are they better than than uh, free folk trappers? I mean, the four point unit's obviously going to get the nod, but when you look at what Cranogman trackers get over uh, the free folk trappers for one additional point, so. The free folk trappers just have hidden traps as their ability. Now they're yeah. supported by a they're supported by a very strong free folk deck, but the Cranningman trappers have a better range profile. They have a better mm -hmm. melee profile. Like in a pinch, trackers aren't even that bad to send in. Oh, and yeah. then they've got swift retreat. So if you look at plus one dice when you're shooting, plus one morale, and um, a better melee profile, then you plug in swift retreat they're definitely like for one point more they definitely get one point worth of abilities more so then it just comes yeah. down to which deck is better so the Craningman trackers i'm just gonna say if i if you gave me two folk trappers in, in in uh stocks i'm taking them over trackers every day of the week because that's one point. but yeah like they definitely do a lot for an extra point but points are so valuable they are. And one point is huge because it changes the maths and it becomes easier to get to your nine activations that I think you want when you're playing Starks um, because you don't, maybe now you don't have to shove Rickon in mercenaries or you still do shove Rickon in mercenaries, but now maybe Bran and Hodor can go in a unit that, that punches a little bit or you can upgrade whatever unit or however you, a point is huge. I'll just leave it at that. I won't go into the possibilities think, with it. But. I think Stocks could get really interesting if you can save. I think it's you. You only need one more point somewhere to get she bears. You get your mm -hmm. six point unit commander and then she bears. So you can just get, I can't even track it with the kind of shit around the she bears. And suddenly you have tokens because the list has 
devastating, devastating impact tokens, and that's it. That's oh, so much more threatening. Like, Free Folk does, goes to the end of the Earth to get Torment for tokens. Um, mm-hmm. So I think that's... Like, we, we're talking... Everything is with in the balance change soon. Hopefully, it'll be better. Like, not particularly helpful. But if you can save a point in the list, which you can have a five point commander unit, but they're all bad, um, then that's where I think would get really interesting is she bears and the nine and the traps and Eddard or something else. Yeah. No, she said all the six. Yeah. That I'm really, it would be really interested about it. Yep. Absolutely. It does. It gets, it gets very interesting. So, um, the next topic would be um, the she bears, as you mentioned. Um, I think, for the most part, um, for nearly everybody playing Starks, uh, Rickon lives in she bears. Uh, that's not the approach that you take. Um, how do you find? I don't need to tell anybody about Rickon and she bears. I think pretty much everybody playing as Starks or playing against Starks has seen that unit. You know what it does. You know what it offers. What kind of value do you get when you plug Rickon into unit of Mercs? Because I, I I think they're surprisingly more defensive than you would expect. And do you do you find it worth doing that? Is that something you suggest doing? Oh, unless it's necessary. So my list has, which is basically um, um, the the nine idea activation idea was um, Mickey's for a long time, and I put Edard in it because for some reason he didn't. He was playing like bad commanders. Um, it's got Rick and Nosha in trackers, and that's no, you don't want that. You want them in a melee unit where suddenly, like Counter Strike and all of that stuff happens. It's just well, the way the points work out. Either Bran and Hodor or Rick and Nosha have to be in uh, trackers because you want two traps because traps is amazing. Um, they would be in she bears, like hundred percent. Put them in she bears if you have the point. You don't have the point to get to that at um, nine activations, really. I think the you can do it with Great John, but Great John doesn't do it. Yeah, I like Enard more than Great John. Um, <laughs> I think in Mercs, like, I, I've had some opinions about Stormcrow Mercs. I think they're very, very good. Like, as a unit, if you have an attachment that you want to take, why Stormcrow Mercs are now a four point unit, that's very good. Um, mm-hmm. So, Sarks do it, uh, Targaryens do it. I'm, I haven't played it a lot recently, but there's like nine activation Queen of Marine lists that also play like Free Folk that are kind of interesting. Instead of traps, you just have Dothraki Outriders. Um, again, another list, another factions you don't really want to take attachments, so they're not good. But I think, like, point, like, if you're just saying outside of the meta, what unit do you want? Stormcrow Mercenaries are just one of the best units of the game, kind of. Yeah, I, I think, I think, in a strange roundabout way, they are, and I, I, th- I think you pretty well nailed it. Um, and this was a conversation I was having with my local group. Um, they were saying Stormcrow mercenaries are terrible. They they don't like them. They don't want to run them. And my 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 local group, they don't play on TTS and they don't get into the tournament scene worldwide like some of us do. So they're not seeing the you know mercenaries with unsullied officer just to get the activation tempo. Just you know that's that's on the more competitive end for for guys that play. And I'm I'm not saying they're not competitive. That's I don't want to make it sound like they're they're bad players. Um, because they're not, yeah. but they don't they don't reach for the activation advantage the way that uh, you know those of us throwing down on TTS playing five six games a week we know how important that is. Um, I think Stormcrow mercenaries are good, but it's just that that situation that you mentioned. You're bringing the Stormcrow mercenaries not because Stormcrow merc- mercenaries are good. You're bringing Stormcrow mercenaries because you need an attachment and you need to save a point. 
And yep. so for Rickon and Asha in particular and Brain and Hodor, essentially bringing them free. And then you've got a package that is eight points for a start kid, which Bran and, and Rickon and Asha as an attachment alone are not bad at all. They're almost worth taking just for their attachment. But when they unlock the wolf for three points, that's where the fire starts cooking. And that's where they really make their money, in my opinion. So um, I don't think that they're bad at all. I've struggled into Rickon and Asha mercenaries. I've struggled into getting rid of them because they they end up being tankier than what you would think. I've never like never had my face beaten in by mercenaries with Brandon Hodor, but I, I could see situations where they could kind of get through some units because of the auto wound, depending on what they're attacking. Yeah, I think Counter-Strike, for a lot of, especially if you're playing into other uh, high activation lists, that you can't, do your Counter-Strike unit, you can't, they can't attack you. I had a, a game versus Lannisters, where there's a unit of poor fellows against she bears with Rickon and Osher, and the poor fellows, and I was similar objective, and they wouldn't charge, because they do more damage to themselves than to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, like, uh, Raiders are slightly different, but any five plus unit, I mean, you, you know, you you put hindering terrain down because that's what you do. You put wicked tokens out. Suddenly, Ken Strike does a lot, um, and you get that and plus a morale and stomach tenacity and unlock Shaggy for a point. I, I, mean, I don't need to go on about how good Rickon and Osher are, but yeah, it, well, yeah. you're saying five plus defense. Like I'm just traumatized all the way around. I think anytime Baratheons are involved for me, whether I'm playing them or whether I'm playing against them, there's always, there's like some level of trauma. And I'm sure that inside my brain, because they give me a little PTSD, that trauma is elevated. But I will tell you, I was playing a game against, uh, against Diego. Uh, he's, uh, he is Michael's clubmate. And he was playing Eddard. And, and I had this game dead to rights with Baratheons. I mean, I got rid of Eddard's honor guard and I got rid of his, uh, hedge knights over on the other side and i'm ready to bring my army in. i have champions of the stag with a glory seeker alive with 12 wounds and then i have my flayed men coming over and they've got oath of duty off with a token because the wardens died and i'm like yeah i'm just going to take over the army from here i <laughs> rickon and asha mercenaries charge into my champions of the stag they did like three wounds because of failed defensive saves then i failed to panic then I attacked them back and took like three wounds from Counter Strike and another wound from Stubborn Tenacity. And then, like, naked she bears with no buffs, no cards came in and finished my stag champs off. So it's just, it's just funny uh, talking about Counter Strikes because, yes, Counter Strikes is especially good against six plus and five plus defense. But I've, I've been playing into, you know, Wardens and Starks in this, uh, tournament the farewell to 2022 i I played adard first then i played um then i played wardens today and even my sworn brothers with four plus defense i took sworn brothers both times took massive damage across those games from counter-strike um rickon and asha she bears kind of beat the crap out of me with counter-strikes and then today the wardens uh in the end really they they caused me to get wiped by queensmen because of those two wounds from counter-strikes so definitely don't ever sleep on counter-strikes um it's better if you can generate weakened tokens which which uh starts really struggle to do um i think outside of letters it's near impossible unless you put unless you pay for the kranigman survivalist right i'm, I'm not off base there they don't um, really they don't really do yeah there's way. nothing extreme to mind uh stock bowman obviously best way to yeah. put weakened tokens um, Why would you ever play Stark Bowman? Yeah. 
exactly. I think we what's happened. I actually like by the end of this. That's what I was playing. Uh, in uh, yeah, that was a different time. Yeah. So I mean, the larger point being, if the unit hits on a four plus and you can get engaged with them, it's a scary affair for even you know even wardens. They have three plus defense, but if they're taking six dice and they're hitting you on four plus, that you can eventually chew them down, right? And then stubborn tenacity can wear them down a little bit as well. So uh, we don't need to dwell on it. Everyone knows Rick and Anasha are crazy good for for one point. So um, yep. moving on from that, we've touched on the Cranningman trackers. Uh, Let's touch on some things that are bad in Starks. So I think, unfortunately, as good as I want them to be, and I, I so tried to make Bowman with Rob Commander work. I, I had this idea like six months ago. It's like, it, it'll be great. Uh, Rob's got the shift. I can get into position. I've got Aria in case I do get charged. Rob will retreat out. I'll heal. So no matter what, as long as he doesn't get one shot, Rob should be shooting with full dice. Like, this is going to be a great idea. And it was never one single time a great idea. It just, they, I don't, ranged is nice. Ranged is great in this game. It works great. Yep. Just the, man, that six plus seven plus for the Stark Bowman, it's just with hidden traps now working on shots um, with everybody else wanting to bring ranged. I just, I just never could get really good value out of the Stark Bowman. Mm -hmm. I think the major issue is that they're just worse than Stormcrow Archers. Mm -hmm. um, so just play that. I think, yeah, a lot of the time you do see uh, like ranged duels essentially, uh, Lightbringers. Or like most Baratheon two list pairs will have some Lightbringers in them. So Lannisters will bring crossbowmen, and those are both four armor units, which means they're saving half of their saves, and you're saving a sixth of them. You're going to lose that every time, which means. If so, the point of a ranged unit is like not space control, but you suddenly you don't have it anymore because your ranged unit is terrified of their ranged unit. So, mm -hmm. um, and they cost, still cost six points, and those two units also do more damage. And yeah, Stark Roman are just sad. I think, unfortunately. Yeah, I think I think they are sad, and it, it makes me a little bit sad. Um, I never really try to ever smash on the developers, but the the ability to check your range. And if they're in range in your front arc, you can shoot them always is nice. Um, yep. The the ability to make them weakened and lose orders if they fail panic could be nice if they were light bringers, I think. So I think yep. I think they're they're pointing you out for those two abilities, but they're very they're very situational, right? Um, yeah, and the way that the way that Starks play currently, it's not really hide behind the meat shields and shoot in with with bows. It just doesn't really work out because yep. it starts. Yeah. So I think that's the issue. I, I I wouldn't want them to go down to five points because then they would be everywhere. Um, but I, man, you look at Lightbringers, four plus six plus on the defensive side. Lannister crossbows, four plus seven plus. Even Greyjoy bows, five plus eight plus. And then the poor Stark six point archers are sitting on a six plus seven plus. Yep. And it is a very exploitable liability. 100%. Yeah. I think there's, there's worse units, like dark units, really. There's so many sad ones. Yeah, so after we go to the units, we'll go into some two-point attachments, and then we can talk about just, just how sad Stark players are. So um, yep. um, I think, so the Stark Bowman, I would, I would consider them a bad unit. And then moving on to um, maybe Umber Berserkers. I don't, 
I don't think they're terrible. Sworn shields aren't terrible, but I think you you kind of hit this range where like great axes could be good. They're good in some situations. Stick a Mormont vet in them and fight Baratheons, and they'll be a great unit for you. Um, Umber Berserkers probably don't do enough damage um, to justify what they kind of do. Um, Stark Sworn yeah, Shields, too easy to ignore, um, although they're a decent objective keeper. And then um, you know, I haven't had... Dogs to keep objectives, right? So you don't yeah. move for infantry. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think... then... Uh... No, you're good. Take it away. No, it's just with all of these six points, there's so many of them. So Sworn Shields, Berserkers, and Karstark Spearmen. The issue, I mean, you know, you have so many choices that's not really fair, but the old units don't do anything, really. Like, they could do something. Like, if you attack Berserkers and you don't kill them, which, why would you do that? They'll win. If you attack Small Shields at all, they'll win. Um, if you... I don't know about Karstak's Spearman. They're six, they're a six-point unit, and at the six-point, they need to be doing something. They need to be ranged, or have Warcry, or just be very good. And they're not... They can, they're ignore, the ignorable doesn't mean, mean a lot. Like, Prefect players say a lot, and it doesn't mean anything. But that is the issue, is they don't... At six points, they need to be doing something, and these units don't do anything. Right. Yeah, I think I think for six points, even, even given the situational defense ability... Um, I think yeah. that the the Karstark Spearmen need like coordinated assault or something. Um, there's 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 similar to Shadow Tower Spears. You don't want to charge them, and so now you need to give a reason for this unit to work the way I think they want it to work. You have to give somebody a reason to charge you. Um, yeah. Seven dice on four plus is not that reason. <laughs> like, okay, yeah, exactly. That's fine. Was, You've activated now. You're a four plus safe, so that's fine. Come on in here. I think it, it made way more sense when Commander scored two because then a unit that you can sit on an objective and doesn't die was what you wanted. Yeah, they don't care anymore. Mm-hmm. Not anymore. And, and and a good objective keeper for the center in a mission like Honan Radier in Game of Thrones, if you can control the center and then stick off to the sides and and slowly grind and win, it has some level of a place. But I'm just not. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to go too much into the Karstark Spearmen. I'm just not sold on them. Um, hold the line, like that's something that they did for the Thins. It really brought their stock yeah. up. They need something Absolutely. like that. Something. Yes. Because if they're charging you and making one of your units retreat as their activation, at least that's something. Um, and yeah, bruises are just bad. Um, we don't really even need to yeah. go into that. They're just, retreat. Yeah. yeah, they're just not, not worth seven points. Um, yeah, so I I don't think we need to go too much into it. We've the outriders are relatively good for six. You run you run outriders in in a previous version of your Eddard list. You did, yeah, yeah, and yeah. that actually is yeah. one of those. That's that's a unit that can make weakened if you get into the flank. Oh yes, good point. Absolutely, and that's what you do. You I mean, you can't use Arya on cavalry, which makes it less good because you Arya doesn't win the game. But I do like outriders. Because it's six points. You can certainly have the issue with six point units, I forgot to mention. Is they could just be swan swords with Walmart there. Exactly. Which is just better. Like they're yep. as defensive and they have Cripplo. And you can't you've got to, you can't ignore Cripplo because it'll just beat you. Um so that's the issue with all the six point units, is they don't really do enough. But outriders are nice. Like they're a good unit, can't complain. Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll move on and cycle into the NCUs at this point. Um so the trouble that I have with it's not just Starks, it's a lot of it's a lot of factions. Um 
the Stark NCU suite is actually good. I, it's very good, I think. Um, uh, the the issue being, uh, given the current state of the meta, I view Catelyn as nearly auto-include uh, because she really pushes their identity as well. Um, as you mentioned with the uh, the Eddard's Honor Guard, when they're down to their last rank, hitting on twos with rerolls, even at the second rank, they're hitting on twos, right? So... Mm-hmm. Being able to take full dice because of Catlin all the time with with the free attacks that you can get, you can really start to hammer them with the honor guard. But it works for just regular Stark Sworn Swords. It works for Stark She Bears. And for me, those are like the top units for Starks are Sworn Swords, She Bears, Eddard's Honor Guard, things like this. So Catlin just fits perfectly. Um, she makes it to where you have to second guess. Do I want to charge these Stark Sworn Swords and knock them down to last rank with Catlin on them, where they're hitting on threes with crit blows and rerolls? I don't. That's not a very nice prospect. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, Arya, go ahead. Talk talk about Catlin. Go ahead. Yeah. So I think I, the list I've been running recently doesn't have Catlin in it because it has Liana in it. Um, I think it's close. Still not entirely sure on how good Liana is. Um, and let's see if you have nine activations with dogs and trackers that you're willing to die as soon as you care about all of your units um then absolutely Catelyn. taking the token off uh, like this is the thing where you can't be the, when you're talking about winning the game and winning the game through tempo and just think the idea of you can't be weakened because you can try like if you do Catelyn swords take the token off take weakened off assault orders that's pretty good um yeah i completely agree so suddenly we have aria Catelyn as two out of three ncus that we have to have right and mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a lot of other good ones as well Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so Liana was going to be, I mean, actually the next because we we already talked about Arya. I think Arya yeah. is infinitely good. Um, if you're a player that likes to take risks and make make charges, she gets you there. If you're a player that yeah. likes to play that long game, then you know you and I both know those retreats and suddenly things can't charge you that they thought could charge. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Um, it's a very good at drawing the game out, which is most of the time how you win the game. Um, Liana, she's an interesting one, isn't she? Because she is good. She is good. Um, It's already been covered by Turning Ground. We don't need to go into what she does. But in practice as well, she works and she's good. Um, Does she get bumped out? That's an interesting one because for me, it's Arya and Catelyn. And then your third spot for me is competing between Liana, Peter Baelish, and... Varys, for me, I like Varys, and I also like Tycho. So you've got all of these options, and that's without even going into the fact that just on paper, Howland Reed is very good. Um, when you're running a list with hidden traps, Roderick Cassell would be great. Um, Roost doesn't really fit too much into the things that they want to do, but then King in the North Rob is not is not good for me. But both versions of Eddard could have a place if you wanted to go that route so it starts to get a little bit muddy and difficult doesn't it yeah i think um for me it's between um baelish and sansa because if you have good cards which the good start commanders do you get an extra one for free you get three copies of it and you get the ufs you draw a second one as well um so i haven't played much varus being a FIFA player, I haven't got. I think it's one where you have to really be used to exactly how to use him, and also your opponent has to be like he's good when he's not seen a lot, and people don't know or remember to play around him. Um, mm-hmm. 
very interested that Varys, yeah. And Tycho, I have I had a long period of hating Tycho at five. I was convinced he was gonna be all four. Um now he's not as bad as I thought he was gonna be. Um definitely interesting in terms of trying to survive. You know, you, you hit them, they hit back. You've got to survive to hit them a second time. Um mm-hmm. but as soon as you're spending five like because there's so many four point NTUs, as soon as you're spending extra points in NTUs, you don't you're not getting to nine. You're not getting all the nice attachments you want to eight. Um, and when you have all the good ones at four, I'm more inclined to go with them, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I tend to agree. Um, it can be a little bit difficult. I squeezed Varys into my Rob 9 list. In this particular instance, he was very nice because he plays well into what I want to do when I'm playing that Rob list. Um, so I have Varys if my opponent takes the swords, then I can put three hits on something, and that makes it that much easier for the brand cutthroats to wipe them out. Um, my list pretty much entirely henches on those brand cutthroats, though, so if something kills them, it kind of starts to fall apart. But the other nice thing with Varus is adding a little bit of healing to Starks, which they kind of lack. You know, the money bag healing is really nice, but um, that said, I, I, I don't disagree with where you're coming from because you and probably most of the Stark world don't like Rob. So I'm not going to sell you on bringing Varus in a Rob list because you don't want to play a Rob list. Um, so yeah, I, I had just seen something that, oh, Sansa, I wanted to cycle, I wanted to circle back to Sansa. You, you mentioned the ability to recycle the creator cards for free. I think one of the underrated strengths of Sansa and this is primarily why I took her with Rob for a while, is the ability to card dump without feeling bad. And so yep. that means if in round one, I draw Assault Orders, or even two Assault Orders, and I want to get through my deck to get to, say, Northern Ferocity or one of the, the, the cards that works better with my Rob list, I can throw Assault Orders out of my hand, and I'm not really that sad about it, because I can always activate Sansa use her once per game, get Assault Orders back in my hand, and then play it now. And it's not yep. clogging up my deck, and it's there for me to use. Um, so I, I think that's, that's, that's a fair thing that you can consider when you're choosing Sansa, is that she does give you the ability to, to dump those cards, and she allows you to play through your hand easier. Like, you're, you've got swift, swift reposition in your hand, you're just, you're just going to play it. Like, so why not? Um, and she's yep. able to get it back in case of a key situation where you need it, so... That's something that she adds, but it's, yeah, it's difficult because, again, Arya is so good that she, for me, is an auto-include. She's 100% yep. auto. I would never run a Stark list without Arya. It would it just wouldn't yep. happen. I mean, cavalry, if you're playing the well, Cavalry Commander, obviously you don't. Um, mm-hmm. I guess if you're playing, like, Triple Cav, I saw Sagasti played some Eddard triple cav game six activations, which you probably don't want Arya in, but maybe you still do because even with one infantry in it, she's just that good. Yeah, and I, I, I do. I, even if I had just one infantry unit, I would take her just because she's that good. Yeah, just as you said, she's yeah. very good, and I, I think working at the start of an enemy turn makes her maybe even better. Actually, so, um, all right, so. Moving on from this, let's briefly touch on the Stark attachments because. I think, for the most part, there's there's more bad than good. There's just more bad than good, and I, I don't want to oh. sit, I don't want to sit and dunk on the the bad two pointers. You know, Rick, Rick Car Stark, <laughs> Mage Mormont. Oh, there are actually so many two pointers. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, wow. Okay. Brendan Tully, Iron Resolve and Dauntless for two points. Yeah. Ouch. 
<laughs> I just can't even. Um, I'm sorry. I really hate being in that negative spot, but oh my god, why is he two points? And he's a named character. Um, so let's go into the attachments for Starks that are are good and that you're going to see. Obviously, number one, probably their best attachment that doesn't bring a wolf is going to be the Mormont vet. I mean, plugging Hardened into a unit is so good. Hardened is such a good ability. 100%. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of the like seven and eight activation stuff really relies on Mormont vet. Like six point with that in Swan Swords because they're threatening enough on their own. Incredible. Um, I've seen a lot of it in Shibas. Like I think I saw something like second Shibas with the one veteran that's quite interesting. Um, but any unit gets better. Like you, you never feel bad about putting a point on that. I was doing it in Stormcrow Mercenaries for a bit as well because yes. <laughs> you just can. You're just so good. Yeah. Yeah. I I threw it on Cutthroats. I threw it on Cutthroats when I was I kind of got into uh, messing around with Stark's thing. Um, you know, about six months ago, and I yep. I tried Cutthroats with a Mormont vet, and it was it was pretty decent. Their their bad morale is what ends up killing them. But um, let's go Mirror Reed. Um, we've mentioned how good hidden traps are. I think if you've got five points and you're you're debating, okay, naked Cranimate trackers, naked Sworn Swords. Uh, I think you do. You think it's worth considering if you've got those five points. And it's either a naked unit or something big brain. Do you think that a unit of mercenaries with Mira is worth taking if you're in that spot yeah. where you've got five points? 100%. I think if you're already, especially if it's, you already have one trackers, I think definitely. Uh, there was, uh, I think it was from Gamma, I saw a really interesting list where there's only like one other melee unit. And because you have, uh, two charging cards and two melee cards. You have to have some number of melee units to be able to use them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, uh, Sorcerer very good unit. Mira, I think a good attachment. Hundred uh, percent. You can't go wrong. Just good, I think. Yeah, I, th- I think so too. I think, in particular, you know, as I've said ten times, if you're sitting looking at your list, you've got five points and you don't know what to plug in. I think normally people throw in a cutthroat or a. Or a yep. naked, naked sworn sword, really give consideration to the mirror trappers. Uh, the mirror mercs, five points. I think yep. they'd be great. Um, if you're running cavalry, Winterfell Guardian, how do you feel about him? Do you think he's worth it? I, I, I messed around with him. Yeah, if you've got a point. Um, so it's competing with Glory Seeker, which is very popular. Um, like loads of people play Glory Seekers and Starks, and no one plays Winterfell Guardians and Starks. Um, it's absolutely fine. And that's about it, I think. I think it's decent. So I tried to make it work in that Rob list by um, plugging in uh, a Winterfell Guardian into Telecav. And mm-hmm. I was running Stark, uh, the Rob bows at the time. And so I was hoping that since people are afraid of Telecav, they'll charge into the Telecav and then I can shoot into that melee and get the Dauntless and Stubborn Tenacity train kind of going. But it was conflicting because at that point you want to keep your telecab engaged and that's not really where they want to be. If you have swift retreat in your hand, obviously that's the card that makes telecab good in a Rob list. So then you're not taking advantage of that whole thing. It was kind of just a calamity of things that didn't quite work. And then when I messed around with Flayedman, it was similar. And uh, 
it was similar in that you want to retreat flayed men so they can get their crit blows on the charge, but then yep. the flayed men having six plus morale is a little bit of a liability there. Um, so I tried it both ways, couldn't 100% get it to work, and then I just ended up saying, you know what, I have nine points, uh, brand cutthroats, and summer is better than heavy calves, so that's that's where I landed now. Um, yeah. And then the other ones, I I won't say Rob's attachment is really terrible, it's just it might be a struggle to find a unit that really, really, really feels like home for a two point attachment. I think his, I think his abilities and the fact that he brings gray wind are pretty good. I mean, enhanced mobility, yep. you know, playing Harma, I know playing against Harma. <laughs> I hate it. It, yep. it. They really, they really can move. Um, and so I think a unit like bastards girls would, would really benefit from this. I mean, they'd go up to movement seven, they'd be able to pivot march, and then they've got swift retreat so that they can charge and volley back in. But at that yep. point, you're playing a, a nine-point unit. Is it worth it? I've actually seen it played. I thought it was pretty good, really, but it's just tough, tough two-point Yeah, attachment. I think, exactly. It's a nine-point unit with a five-save. Um, mm -hmm. I've never got Bastard Girls to work. I've tried to do it and just failed miserably every time. Uh, there's a lot yeah. of players who are a lot better on it than me. Uh, using them that say they're good i yeah, i don't want to spend nine points on a unit like that to be honest mm -hmm. they, they just die you know it's it's interesting because um people i i've seen people they can get bastards girls to work they they yep. can be a good unit i think you just have to completely build around them but the funny thing about the <laughs> excuse me i'm sorry the bastards girls um they keep getting buffed they keep getting buffed so maybe if maybe if we stay in this this area where they're good but still you know they're like a high skill and not a people a lot of not a lot of people are taking them they maybe they're just going to get buffed again hopefully and there's there's six plus five plus maybe maybe the next version they go five plus five plus you know we'll see what it yeah, takes yeah yeah michael Shinall loves that unit so much i think he wants to see them I think he wants to see them used. So uh, let me think. Really, historically, they used to only make a vulnerable when you rolled a one. They were movement five, and they didn't have vicious. I think the first step was they got vicious. Then, I think at the same time in 2021, they got bumped to speed six, and the vulnerable token just happened. So they've had three buffs since they were released. Yep. But, I think they could get another dice. The issue is the one-shot. You don't really want to allow them to one-shot things. Right. I think they can already. Um, you get, you can't make them any more movement. You can't. You could make them better morale, better, better. They can't really be four, but maybe they're all dogs, right? Dogs and good morale. So I yep. don't know. But yeah, yeah, I think absolutely they could be good. I think that's the next touch, and whether whether we'll see it or not, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, we yeah. might be at the point where, uh, you know, Michael and Fabio are like, this unit is good. If they don't want to use it, that's fine. So, um, not, yeah, that's good enough, right? People use them; they're interesting. Yeah. The unit you really don't want being very good because you can't really do much about them. They're going to charge, shoot, and charge you. That's it. Um, well, you you've got the red priestess is waiting, waiting in the back, waiting in the back to see that unit get buffed again. Like now is our okay. time. Red yeah. priestess time. Red priestess bastards girls again. There was a there was a brief point in one point six where that was a thing. Uh, because at the time they just made a morale test if they were war cry kind of. I think you just made a morale test and then whatever you attacked was panicked and vulnerable. And so they could double tap you with panic and vulnerable. It's pretty nasty. 
Um, so, um, loyalist captain, Starks, the the sworn sword champ, Umber champion. They're just not something that I'm putting in a list and making work. Um, because they could be more of that, and they're not. Just yeah. more of that. Okay. So that's that's probably about it for what what we rate as great Stark attachments. I don't think I've ever seen Mage Mormont one single time, and I definitely have never seen Brendan Tully's attachment used one single time. The nope. the uh, footfish footfish's attachment. Um, okay, so I think as we stand now, we both we both tend to agree that um, Stark's push to high activations, particularly with Arya involved, they can be good. Um, the current state of the meta says that they're unlikely. I know Luke won, uh, Gen Con with them, which was phenomenal. I mean, that was great. Um, but they're still not like a a top tournament army and they're still pushed down in the ratings. So we're just going to take a really quick, uh, kind of a theory session. I try not to spend too much time on these, but... Um, theorizing what could happen and, and things we expect to happen when we eventually get a patch. We expect to see something change with Free Folk, like Nance, maybe something with uh, the Chariot, possibly. Um, oh. And then we expect to see... I mean, I, I think we expect to see something for uh, uh, the Night's Watch, Night's Watch Watch Captain. Um, we already saw Relentless lose ranged, but... Um, I mean, I don't know. Uh, you would expect maybe a, a nerf to ranger hunters or some kind of change to the watch captain or something um, is what I would expect. Um, because I think the fact that Night's Watch can take the watch captain and, and match your nine activations is uh, is a little bit problematic for, for balance. So I hope that that's something that they've seen. Um, because I think, the, I think without the watch captain, Mickey said they were like, what? 30% win rate without him. Oh, okay. I, yes. I that, yeah. yeah, so I don't think you can just take him away, but it's I think it's pretty obvious that the watch captain is very strong. I think so, Cold Hands needs a change because he's just stupidly good for four points. Yeah, that could be fair. That could be <laughs> fair. But I think I think Night's Watch is that army that they're they've dropped a little bit in ratings, but I think they're on that fringe line where if you if you like if you nerfed Free Folk too much. Night's Watch just goes right back to the top, and that's not what we want to see. Know, so maybe yeah. it's just maybe it's just wishful thinking from me because I like to play Night's Watch. I just don't like to feel bad about playing Night's Watch. So if everybody else gets nerfed and Night's Watch stays the same, then I think Night's Watch just takes right yeah. back up to the top, and everybody hates I'm him again. Sure. <laughs> I haven't played enough to know what Night's Watch versus Martell's looks like. That could be interesting because people don't expect Martell's to get changed. Yeah. Or- so I the way I deal with Martell's as as Night's Watch. I've got a nine activation John double hunters. It's got three solos and it's got Peter Baelish to deal with Doran if necessary and I just shoot him. I just shoot him to death. <laughs> it's, it's not very nice, but that's what I do. Um that's how I deal with him anyway. Um but it it's definitely like it, it could go wrong, right? If if your hunters get stuck being charged by flayed men with battle endurance, they're likely to pop. So <laughs> that's not to say I, I just think hunters could could get something changed uh, I think yeah, either they, they either their melee or their ranged could move to 4 plus yeah. I think would be the most most fair and I think Boulders and Courage needs to come off the watch captain they can have I, a different ability I totally agree and that that's exactly what I would say um, I, I don't know 
I would have said Dauntless, but then Satin came down. You know, when I theorized about right, yeah. this talking talking to the community before, I was like, yeah, just drop boldness and courage for Dauntless. It plays into their we're elite and we we stay alive. But they gave it to Satin. There's no way they'd give it to the Watch Captain. So it could be something. It could be. I don't think you can give them Iron Resolve. I'm sure that there's an ability out there that that plugs in in place of boldness and courage. But I I agree with you. The hunters being eight seven five slash nine seven nine eight. <laughs> Nine eight six with their melee is insane. Um, that's what that's what makes them tick. That's what makes them tick. If they're seven five four, they're fair. When they go into the nine eight territory, they start to get out of hand. So, if some of these things do come down, though, because I I, I guess I put the horse before the or the the cart before the horse on this one. Um, the reason I'm saying this is because I I, I still I do like my Rob nine activation and i there's a lot of matches for the most part that i play where i feel perfectly comfortable bringing it but then there's some things i just know like running three dire wolves i just know i can't beat it um and the swarm oh. brothers with swarm brothers watch captain that's one of them what am i going to do if right. i don't kill that unit even if they're at their last rank they're going to kill my dog yeah. yeah i think so. one thing that's popular talked about is like uh, you can't play solos into wild diplomacy or you can't play solos into awful or um, Alessandro, or things like this. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not entirely convinced, especially Wildly Diplomacy. Um, maybe I just, I've, I've never actually lost, so three rune solos, so Dragons of Noble, Jora, has a little bit more sense, but four rune solos. That's a two in three chance you're fine. I think if it's Shaggy Dog, you're perfectly fine. So I've always just been, do it, just take it. Um, if you lose, your sad. But that's a bit different because you're not supposed to be mad. Right, but like, I I would confidently take dogs into awful or into well, Melisandre is not the same for dogs because they can't die to panic. Mm-hmm. Um, there is something else I think. Uh, I don't know. That's what you were talking about with like you, know, so you mentioned dogs can't kill Swan Brothers and then they kill them back, right? Because that's what my dogs are so good. Is suddenly if you um, with Shaggy and the Gruwind, if you attack something and you maybe you take it a rank off, then they can't go all the way back. Uh, Gruwind stops you. Dying so much, Shaggy. Obviously, you really don't want to attack Shaggy and not kill him because then seven dice on threes are the three point unit. Um, that's where, yeah, they're good at sort of find you keep them around for two rounds, like another round three. They attack something, maybe it's already been attacked, maybe it's a five point unit or something, and they can't kill it on the backswing. And suddenly, not only is your dogs you're winning the fight, and also that unit can't do anything because you're, you're always going to be able to chase them. Um, but like I said, if you've got elite units that don't die because of Night's Watch and shield is right, you want lots of little attacks with dogs and then shield is really good against that as well so yeah that's a good point yeah and uh i think some other things that you have to you have to keep in mind when when you're playing the wolves is lash out um yep that's they're dead if they're if they're on last rank and you don't kill them the dog's dead um you can play winners coming of course but um we're not going to probably see anything change uh, with does, lash, lash out. Uh, i'm not entirely sure Winter's coming. Does that stop Lash Out? I'm not actually sure. Oh, you're right. It doesn't because it targets it start targets the stupid wolf. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Just be be careful of Lash Out. Good good shout on that. You're you're correct. Same with Final Strike, right? With, same, same with Final Strike. Strike. Yeah. Yeah. That's another area where dogs have to be concerned. Uh, Final Strike. Absolutely. Um, especially if they they drop Peter on the crowns, right? My dog's in your rear. Well, I'm dropping Peter to own the crowns. Like, is it a bluff or do you really have it? Because I'm not scared. Yeah. Um, no, I think if you see if, if you see some adjustment, um, my my the, the way I run, run Rob, it's a knife's edge anyway. 
Um, but I think something like your Eddard list, if you see adjustments to some of the stuff at the top, it could vary. Do you think uh, it pushes its way into top tier? You know, if you're assuming that, if you assume that the stuff at the top gets knocked down a little yep. bit, and we can safely, I think we can safely assume that Starks aren't running the world, so they shouldn't catch any nerves. Um, um sure I think there's anything. Don't think so. No, I don't think there's anything. Because like, Tarks took nerfs in the last edition, right? And they weren't any better than they are now then. Right. Um, but yeah, no. I think there's definitely room. Especially if there's, like, if any of the units that are in these lists we're talking about get made better, then mm-hmm. suddenly we're in a whole whole new world of... I think, it's like, if a lot of, like, if, so in the last, they, they took Cavalry down to six in Season 1, and that didn't, that, that didn't ruin everything. So I'm hoping they'll be more willing to just Cut points of units like across the board, and maybe yeah. maybe we see some interesting things. I think with uh, frozen show hunters, like they're just as good as Stark Bowman, so maybe Stark Bowman can go to five. Um, and suddenly it's a little bit different. Maybe the cards get better again, but I, the cards that's still one of the main issues is the deck isn't particularly good. Um, it's a lot better than it was, but yeah, which tells you how far it's come, doesn't it? Yeah, it exactly. Was, I feel. Yeah, I think if we see, like we're talking about months, we're expecting to get changed. Next watch, hopefully. Um, the issues that are Martels, Drogo. Um, but then you have even things like Lannisters. Like, does should start are Starks better than Lannisters? I don't know. It's a bit close, right? So, <laughs> yeah, it's really close. Yeah, the crossbows. I think the crossbows really like. Yeah. Are are essentially propping Lannister up right now. Um, the the crossbows and the warrior sons, and that was that was one other thing that I forgot to mention when when we're talking about wolves. When you run a list that relies on wolves, uh, if you run into hardened, yeah, yeah, good luck. So because like it's unless Shaggy's nearly dead, you you think Grey Wind Summer they only throw four dice. Even if you rear charge that unit and throw your Northern Ferocity bomb to try to make something happen. Um, yeah. you know, they get to roll their dice first. So if they roll one six on those four dice, um, sorry, you did nothing. Yep. Therefore I passed the panic, therefore you and also you wasted your card. Right, yeah. Yep. So it's yep. it's problematic for me. Um it's it's a unit I hate seeing. Like, how am I gonna deal with Warrior Sons? Because I've brought this list that has the dogs as the heavy hitter. Um Brandon. I mean, uh, so hit traps is great versus Warrior Sons. Uh, and so if they're playing, so the the big bad is with Champion of the Faith because then they can just give out uh, faith tokens all the time. You're not going to run them out. I think if they got Adam in them or if they're on their own, suddenly you they have one token to start with, which means if they ever spend a token attacking, they can't spend it on the next defense. Right? They're going to you know hopefully you see they spend it to defend and they get one back. Mm-hmm. And so there's a thing with the tokens there. Yeah, I'm not. I haven't found myself too worried about Warrior Sons, but definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can you can maneuver around them. I'm just bloodthirsty, so I like to kill things. But I I wouldn't I would no matter how much I like to kill things, I wouldn't charge a dog at the Warrior Sons. It's similar to the similar to the Sworn Brothers, maybe worse because at least the Sworn Brothers, you can get a good seven wound or more. You know, if you play Northern Ferocity, you can take nine off of them. Uh, Ask me how I know. I think it was uh, first round of that tournament. I nearly, I mean, I wiped. Two units with the corn sacrifice. I thought the game was in the bag. Uh, signed, sealed, delivered. It's done. He has no comeback. And then Shaggy Dog just went ham. <laughs> like Shaggy Dog killed the conscripts, 
and I think I think in the end the Sworn Brothers ended up dying, but it was too late. He nearly it was very dicey. He nearly popped my Sworn Brothers with Shaggy. So, mm-hmm. um, but anyways, uh, so that that's a that's a fun little guesstimate. Of course, we we won't know until we see the patch because with with nerfs come other buffs. You know, like yep. Baratheon saw a massive glow up. Um, in the last update, you know, do they do something like that for you know, Greyjoys? I mean, I think the universal consensus is that Greyjoys are a little bit weak. What if you see, you know, just theoretically based on things that I've heard the community say they think is wrong with Greyjoys? What if pillage isn't limited to two? Now, uh, now a unit can have you know four or five pillage tokens on it, and now they can start to play their cards without losing their pillage. What happens then? You know. Yeah. Would that just would that just yeah. be straight busted? I don't think it would. It oh, would... I thought they get more hacks. So they only get the effects of two, but they can have more than two. Okay, that's very yeah. I hadn't thought of that. That's a good idea. Yeah that that would be that would be you know that's that's a something that Michael has proposed. Obviously, Michael's like the biggest Greyjoy simp of all time, <laughs> but there are others that play them. You know, similar to Michael, yeah. and that was that was probably to be honest, I think it was the most reasonable suggestion. I don't think you can say the Greyjoy deck is bad, but expending the pillage for certain effects and you're capped at two tends to be, you know, like, yeah. So if you're running bows and stuff, and they can get three or four on you, and then your effects yep. are capped at two, but now, hey, I can play the Iron Price, and at least my Iron Makers are still two plus defense. The best you get is you them. you spend them and then you attack and get them back, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like, that yeah. doesn't feel too bad. But yeah, I like that. That's a good change. Um, I'm still not entirely convinced why Greyjoys are struggling so much because they like you've uh, you've said this a lot, but like Wendemere is very good, Bowman are very good. Um, there's a lot of other pieces that really work, but just they don't manage to get there at all. Um, yeah, it's it's the same. I mean, I've played Greyjoys, and obviously, mostly I play against Michael. Michael's a little, very, a very nice sparring partner to have, actually. And uh, when things go well for Michael, like he just wrecks, he just wrecks me. And but you know, and then we've played games where things didn't go well for Michael. He didn't get good cards, and then it's kind of somewhere on the opposite end of that where he just he just can't win yep. the game because he can't get things going so i think for me playing against them and playing as them so much hinges on those cards and when you get them and that's of course it's true for everyone you can make the same case for any army anyone can be sad you know i played i played edard and i never once drew fury for the fallen it was my last two cards in the deck like yeah that's going to be a bad game <laughs> but i yep. think it's most pronounced with Greyjoys. i think of, I, I play a little bit of every faction and i can honestly say from my experience with playing as every faction that deck disparity is the most pronounced for them there have been so many times i drew double iron price and like what is dead may never die in my opening hand it's like yep. great so do I dump it? And if you've got Roderick Harlaw, you've got the mulligan twice. Yeah. But if you're forced to take Roderick to have a chance to make the deck work, um, I think just yeah. overall, real quick, we, we talked about the Stark NCU suite. It's really good. I think overall, minus Night's Watch, I think Night's Watch NCUs are mostly bad. Um, a lot of factions have like a good NCU suite. And so being cornered into... I have to run this NCU is bad. So for Windermere, yep. for, for Greyjoys, it's always Windermere. So if Windermere's in there and now you're having to take Roderick as well to make up for the deck, then that leaves you with one slot open for Tristopher, Blind Baron, Peter Baelish, um, mm-hmm. you know, whoever else yeah, you might want to take. 
Yeah, I think it's a good point about the NCUs. You know, we say Starks are really good, Greyjoys are really good, all the factions are really good. Um, mm-hmm. Next watch have Bowen and Avon, who I think are both incredible. Yep. And then they really struggle for a third. Like you see Peter Baelish a lot, even though he's fine, I guess, in Revoke. Um, in Revoke, sorry, in Next Watch. Um, yeah, it's it's just you're just using him for the zone block. His once per game does nothing. Yeah. The only time I ever use his once per game is to to claim like water gardens so that I can, yeah, yeah. can block Doran or so I can block Martell's cards and El Arya. Yep. Other than that, there's yeah, really well, yeah. there's no good reason to claim to own the zone against someone else. Yep. But um yeah, it's just I, it's interesting. I think they've done a really good job with the NCUs. I, I know I was kind of hard on them with the Stark attachments, but overall, across the board throughout the game entirely, they've done a very good job with NCUs. Um, there are very few. I, I think Night's Watch Craster is terrible. I think Jor NCU was kind of hard nerfed. You might play him just to be able to cycle watches ended back if you're playing Cold Hands, which. That's a play that shouldn't really exist anyway, but um, yeah. it could. Um, and then I, Donald's a bit too much at five. Corrin is great, so I, I can't say their NCs are terrible. I, I just think Craster's bad. Craster, Night's Watch Craster. Craster, yeah. And Craster, I think, is so much better than he gets credit for. I oh, think. God, he's so good. <laughs> he's, he's so, so good. good. Yeah, I think Free Folk Craster is amazing. He's one of the, he's, he's one of the things I hate, um, especially if you're playing Mag. Like, I know it's not the popular yep. 10 activation build, but if you're playing Mag with Free Folk, um, like in a man's list, yep. you better... I mean, not not every faction can can even do it, but you have to throw the kitchen sink at him because if you go into him and you leave him with, you know, two wounds or something, Craster's effectively healing four. They yep. presumably out-activate you, and then... Yeah, I mean, his once per game is effectively four, and then Craster to any zone is effectively four again for Mag, so good luck. Like dealing with Mag. Um, yeah, I think Craster's good anyway, period. No matter what, no matter what you're running. He's a mini Tycho plus a you know, a less flexible Windermere that happens right now. However, you yeah, compare I think, it. Exactly. The big thing is you know, your opponent has does their big thing, then you can do cool, activate Craster, take his own, heal two, start of your turn, heal two again. I also draw a card, I also block his own. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do that every round. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think he's huge. Um, he's he's the best thing. Him and him and uh, Lady Val are half of the strength of Peter Baelish, right? You you take a zone that you don't want them to have, but you want to get some benefit from it. Yeah, exactly. um, and so they they fill that role nicely. It's I think it's actually pretty decent design space. I'd like to think that they did that intentionally. I'd like to think that they know that Peter Baelish is good for zone blocking. So I'd like to think that they. Yeah, that. I mean, like. Well, they increased so it was one point seven, right? Where he they added on this extra ability to once per game claim a zone, uh, claim a zone, and he just doesn't need to do that. Like before, it was literally just the use one zone as another one, and that's what they can go back to that. That's fine. I think Peter one hundred percent needs some change. I don't want it to be go to five because neutral NCUs don't work. Like neutral lists are screwed with NCUs already, and that would be the nail in the coffin. No, 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 no. I don't think I don't think it, it needs any adjustment. He's just he's good. Okay, it's just what it's going to be. But do so you were saying how like a lot of there's lots of good NTUs that don't see play. Really mm-hmm. changing Baelish would, would help with that, right? Yeah, I think I think if you if you make an adjustment to Baelish, you have to do something with Doran. Um I think that you can get around Doran other ways. And I, I don't disagree. I would actually be on board 
if you would have told me, you know, uh, prior to the Martell release, like, hey, we're going to, uh, we're looking at Peter and, and you know, Peter's, yep. both of Peter's abilities are once per game. Um, or, you know, Peter, or something like that. Uh, you know, I'm, yep. I, I don't know. Um, I, I think a jump to five is bad for him. So if you say, you know, um, I don't know. But um, I would have been fine with some adjustment to Peter. But now, because I dislike just from principle that a Martell can win, a win con can be don't die, have Doran. And that's the win. (laughs) Go first in round two, don't die, and have Doran. That's a win. That's a win condition. Yeah, that Doran isn't as good as everyone says he is. Um, No, I don't think he's I don't I think, think he's. Good. I don't think he's that good because Peter exists. I think Peter, right. Peter existing and being available to everyone but free folk, currently is such a good hard counter to him that he, I mean, yes, he's good. But um, when I played, um, I when I played that tournament match where I, I played against Doran, I was able mm-hmm. to, you know, he took Doran and claimed the zones, and from there on, playing the nine activation Night's Watch list, I just double tapped the Water Gardens. Like, okay. So you're going to, now you've got two combat units to activate and I've got hunters waiting here to come in on you. So, uh, you know, enjoy yourself. And and that's one way that you can use Doran against Doran. And, you know, it didn't matter because he got tabled, but not everybody can do what Night's Watch can do, but you can do, you can do things to fairly severely punish Martells and force them to activate things in orders that they don't want to activate them. I think Doran probably should go to five, like being able to get so some guess in some games he wins the game. He and does. that being on four points mm-hmm. probably shouldn't be a thing. But I think overall he's not that bad. Yeah, I don't think he is either. Um when I talked with Carlo and Van about it, I, I was on the side of him not being bad. They were on the side of him being auto include in at least one list. I just don't I don't buy into him because of the counters that exist. But now, if you go into talking about Peter Baelish moving to five points, or maybe they do something else with Peter Baelish, then at that point, we I, I think it's a fairly heavy crisis. Um, being able to score six victory points, yeah, that's that's a win condition. Game of Thrones, you know, if I can if I can get two units, if I if I can hold the center, and I can hold one outside objective and kill one unit, that that's game. I win. Yeah, assuming yeah, it goes around sticks. Like the people who say you could just sit in your department zone and never move. Not really. I see a lot of I would I see a lot of people play Feast for Crows, and I see a lot of people play Feast for Crows really badly, where they just take one objective and just sit around and not do anything. And I don't think that works either, because like any a list that should be winning will be able to do something with six rounds, whether it's play battle endurance and wait, whether it's uh, a rings unit, whether it's whatever. They can yep. do it. Um, yep. But I agree. the idea of like it's not six rounds, suddenly it's uh, five rounds. And I only like, yeah, it's Game of Thrones where you, you can't really stop them scoring their back objectives a couple of times, right? Yeah. And at that point they can't just sort of run away. That's that is I think a concern. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh I, I if you're free folk, I mean when I played Mickey, I wanted to see how Martels could do into free folk and yeah, basically he just took Varamir and I think a unit of free raiders and Varamir took the objective where I wasn't kind of castled up. Uh, he got to the center, he took the back corner objective and round three, it's like nine to two or something. <laughs> nine, to, nine to one, nine to two. Like, yeah, good job, Doran. Eat your heart out. 
Uh, so if you've got the mobility and, and that's their game plan, that's another way that you can beat it. Like if their entire list, like these weird four NCU Martell lists, if that list's win con is yeah, around circling the wagons and staying alive, like cool. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of armies and not to mention Starks, who this podcast is about that can get to your objectives that you've abandoned. Like, oh, it's on my side of the table. Well, that's fine. I'm in. <laughs> my dog is on your side of the table in round two. Perfect. Great. And I think the secret mission thing comes up as well. Um, Dorne can also be punished by secret missions. Activate an yeah, ACU think, before you do. Um, right, yeah. the, some I of the missions. Winds of Go Winter, ahead. I'm scared of Dorne because there are some games where I cannot score 10 points in six rounds. Like That's mm -hmm. one where the six points actually can win. I, I don't like Winds of Winter for that reason. I think it, you just need, there needs to be more ways to score points. Uh, mm -hmm. Dark Winds of the total opposite is Loads of ways to score points. It's like my favorite league. Uh, yeah. Dora, you never get to round six. So who cares about Dora? Right? Yeah, yeah you, you shouldn't. You points. shouldn't get to round six. I don't think. Yeah. Not yeah. That that they yeah. You you said it. That that game that mission can be over, depending on how the cards fall. It can be over round two. <laughs> but, yeah, I've, I've actually done that before. That was different. Yeah, I've I think at Adepticon, all I had to do was not get tabled in round three. And it was game over because I scored so many points in round one. So yeah, it was a very specific situation, but I have actually won at the end of round two with ten points. Definitely stuff words, which is great fun. Yeah. And then you have then you can go get something to eat and you can buy your opponent a drink and go peruse around the tables and watch other people play. <laughs> yep. But uh no, I think we can stop. I think we can stop. Um I think I think we 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 tend to kind of see things the same that Starks are good. It's just going to be hard to enter into a competitive event with Starks and pull away a tournament win. There's just too many things that hard counter them right now. I'm very curious, like everybody else, to see what's in the patch. I'm excited for it. Um, and you know, I think Starks could see a little bit, even if it's buffed by other nerfs. Um, yeah. you know, the stealth, the old stealth buff, right? You could see a, a rise in Starks. So. But it was really nice to talk to you. Yeah, good talking to you, bro. Okay. Well, uh, yeah. So thanks for coming on, and uh, I I'll see you around on TTS. Uh, yep. Everybody who's listening, uh, you, if if you play TTS, you probably already know him. His Discord handle is Sir Jacob Glace. Uh, he's typically hanging around the very very high end of the the stat scoring, but uh, he's a very good opponent and and also a great sport. Um, I suggest if you've got the time and you can set something up with him, you should definitely play a game against him. You are sure to learn something about the game. His, Him and Mickey in particular have a very interesting way of looking at the game and an interesting way of playing it. And it's definitely a good tool to add to your box. So hopefully this recording gets you some matches and uh, you know people pick your brain because I think, you're, uh, I think yeah. you're a very good player. I already have the time to play more games. Uh, very, very <laughs> busy at the moment. Like, I haven't played in like a week or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not like the old days of the summer where it was three games a day, four days a well, week. Yeah, you were playing a lot. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm sure I'll catch you again sometime. Absolutely. Uh, all right. Uh, so yep. we'll close it out. See you later, buddy. Cheers. Thanks, Brett. Yep.